can it be old if it's new? And then how can it be new if it's old? The title is The Old New Year Dilemma. You know, you, you know fortunately, I would say fortunately and unfortunately for us, somebody keeps texting me. They're telling me they're not going to be here at church. I got it. <laughs> All right. You know, one turn of a day in our calendars, all of a sudden we have a completely different year, right? We have all of a sudden a new set of 12 months, brand new set of 365 days. And we have never been used 8,760 hours. And we have an unspent 52,600 minutes. And then we have 31,536,000 seconds that we still have to spend. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. If you, put it, if you put your life in numbers, you will be able to distinguish it. You will be able, able to measure it. The calendar is for us to measure our days. And the Bible always tells us to be mindful of it. Now, car enthusiasts, if you, have, if you love cars and you are keen to details, you will know that when the car camp companies come up with their new vehicles for the new year, if you're keen, you know that the only new thing there are a few items. Maybe they changed the headlight. If it was a rectangle for that the year before, they make it a little bit of triangle or just a little bit of shifting in certain things, a few details, a few measurements, and zero miles, but not really new in regards to design because sometimes there are old problems from the year before or the year past. The new car still have those issues. So the new cars really aren't new. And sometimes as we ring the new year in, and we say, it's the new year. The old us still remains, though. It just happens to be a new calendar day, a new calendar year. Now, let's look at popular 2022, last year's New Year's resolution. See if, you're, if yours is in the top 10 here. Exercise more. My suit tells me that should be mine, too. Lose weight. Get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, save more money, spend less money, quit smoking, spend more time with family and friends, travel more, and then read more. I don't know if um, you have those things in your New Year's resolution. Uh, it's not actually a bad list, it's actually a good list. It's an admirable list. I don't know if that's been your list for many years, but it's a list, right? It's a New Year's list. Now, James 4.13, if you have your Bibles, please turn to James 4. That's what I'm going to be trying to encourage everybody from now on. Or I've been trying to do it since last year. Please bring your Bibles on Sundays. Uh, I get it. Phones are in there too, but uh, I would like to encourage the Bible, the hard copy, the real copy, the heavy one, if you have it. 
so that you'll learn to turn to the Bible. Because sometimes when you lose power or you lose internet or you lose money that you didn't pay AT&T, you won't be able to type it in. So your Bible should be your guide. James chapter 4, verse 13 to 17, I read from the NIV version. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you, are, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. In verse 17, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it since. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everything that you have given to us. We thank you for 2022 and all the blessings that was behind it and with it and all the challenges that you saw us through. Father, we know that you provide all our needs and you have kept us safe, you have kept us healthy. And even if we have challenges, Lord God, you are the one to sustain us, to see us through them. We thank you for all the workers of your church, the ones that are in the background and the ones that are here up front. We thank you for all the sacrifices that they have done last year and throughout the many years. Please bless them and guide them. We thank you for your guidance that you've given to us back in 2022. But now, Lord God, we know that in all things, Father, we need you. So we ask for your Holy Spirit to teach us tonight, to guide us tonight, to open the eyes of the hearts of your people that are here this afternoon. Please open, open their minds as well, Father. As they hear my voice, Father, I pray that they will hear you speaking through me. In all these things we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 So, you saw the popular 2022 New Year's resolution. You heard of James 4, 13 to 17. You probably have it in your phones, or you should. Just keep it in there, your Bibles. Does James 4, 13, 17 sound like a New Year's resolution for you? kind of does. Because there's planning there, right? There's planning. The person with his friends planned the logistics of where they're going to go, what time, when. And what they're going to do in which city. They have a certain optimism, positivity. right? Of course, who's going to start a business and say, I want to lose money this year? Nobody. Who wants to go into the year and say, oh, 2023, I'm going to make sure my life gets screwed up. I'm going to make sure my marriage fails this year. I'm going to make sure my health depreciates this year. I want to make sure that my friends will no longer be my friends. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be the biggest enemy those people will know. Nobody says that. Maybe some. And I don't want to know you if you do. But nobody says that, right? Nobody. 
Nobody ever even would dare to say it unless they're trying to be funny. But see, New Year's present to us a new thing. An opportunity to make things right. But as God presented to us in James 4.13, that anything that we plan away from Him, anything that we do or want to do that's not committed to God, is pride and boasting. That's the message tonight. Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Luke 14.28 Suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? See, God is not against what James 4, 13 to 17 is not saying that you should not plan. That's not what he's saying. The Bible is actually telling us it's good to plan. Jesus told us, plan. If you, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So you will see if you are part of this church and you're part of the ministries, there's a lot of meetings. Not enough, I think. But there's already plenty. Because I know I, I hear a lot of complaints like, man, meeting again? But I never hear that when it pots when it fits pot bliss. Pot bliss again? <laughs> I never hear that. When if it's business meeting, oh, gosh, another one? There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of planning. We Christians are told and encouraged to plan. But what we're not told in James 4, 13, 17 is to plan away from God's will. So you think about your New Year's resolution and then you compare that, you reconcile that with God's verse here. Okay, what are my plans for this coming year? Is it aligned with God's will for my life and His purpose for me? Now how will you know what God's purpose is for you and what God, God's will is for you if you don't read His Word, if you don't study His Word. Now, January 1, this is it right here for me. I want to see, with the show of hands, who of you last year completed your Bible journey from Genesis to Revelation? Show of hands. All right. Maybe this year. <laughs> Maybe this year. I, you know, I'm going to be a pastor because I'm already a pastor, right? God called me to be a pastor, so I might as well be a pastor. Guys, you need to read your word from cover to cover. You say you believe God, right? This is God's word. Amen? Amen. I want to hear it. Amen. Everybody. Amen. I'm not seeing some people. Why is it so hard for me to respond? This is God's word. God told us that everything here is his instructions for us. Everything here is a lesson from him that we can apply to our lives. That will protect our marriages. That will teach us how to parent our children. That will teach us to be a better spouse. To be a better child. To be a better father, a mother. A better friend. The Christian that God wants us to be. It's here. And yet we don't read it. We don't take time. How many of you have finished the latest Netflix uh, series? I don't even know the title. But how many seasons did you finish with that specific series? Six? Six seasons? Times 13 episodes? 
per season and you finished it in three weeks. My goodness. But you cannot pick up the Bible. You cannot pick up the Bible, read it for 15 minutes a day, and that will guarantee you that you will finish the Bible in one year. You know, I've only been here as the pastor of this church for seven years. Only seven. I have more gray hair than seven, but... Guys, there's, there's really no point... I want to say this, with love and gentleness. There's no point of you sitting there if you're not verifying what you heard with your word. Because I could be telling you the wrong thing. Or if you attend a different church and that pastor is telling you a different thing, you have to verify it with the word. Last week, people told me in the back, they said, Hey, Brother Willen, and Deacon John said, Hey, uh, and Mikey, you used the wrong chapter. It was John chapter 11, not 8. See, because they know their Bible. They were verifying what I was saying. Where was I? <laughs> There's planning. You have to plan to read your word. You have to plan to read your word. You have to make it a plan. You have to make it a part of your day. Because the day, as you already know it, you're all adults here, most of you. You already know it. The day will consume you. The moment you wake up, it will consume you. You're, the moment you clock in, you're already for them. You should be working when you clock in, right? You shouldn't be working on your Facebook post when you're working. You should be working. But then you have to make it a part of your day to study the Word. If you don't plan it, it will fail. So again, what was James 4 not saying? It's not saying that we don't plan. What it's saying is the things that we plan in our lives, for our lives, must be aligned to God's purpose and to God's will. James 4 showed us two of the P's that we are not supposed to be doing. It's to be presumptuous and pride. Again, let's look at it again because maybe you don't have it in your Bibles anymore. 13, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and, uh, and then vanishes. Presumption means it's a noun and it means an idea that is taken to be true and often used as the basis for other ideas, although it is not known for certain. It's also a behavior perceived as arrogant, disrespectful, and transgressing. So, what God is telling us through the Apostle James here, that for us to presume that we will be around tomorrow is already being presumptuous, and being prideful. For us to presume that this whole year, if we can say, I'm going to make this happen this year, without running it by God and not lining it with His will, is being prideful. 
See, the problem, church, is as we come into the new year, I have to remind us, right? We have to be reminded of our mistakes the year before or our past mistakes yesterday. We have to remind ourselves that when we plan, we need to first run it by God. We don't make the plan and then jump it and then say, Oh, Lord, please bless my plan. I forgot to pray about it. Now it kind of seems like the ground is shaky. The plan seems to be failing. The business seems to be crumbling. The marriage that we thought was the girl or the man that we, got, we thought God wanted for us is now crumbling down. Then we say, oh, Lord, please help me. See? The praying of, oh, Lord, please help me, should have happened before you've taken the plunge. So we're planning. It's January 1. What time is it? 4 o'clock. We still have time. You still have a lot of time to run it by God. To run it by God. Whatever it is that you think, that you think is being impressed in your heart and in your mind, that you want to do for your life this new year. 2023. And I, again, may I please submit and suggest to you that make one of those plans for your 2023 to finish the Word of God. Amen? Amen. God heard you. I know who's mouthing something. Where's <laughs> my verse in there? Not there? Boasting about tomorrow. The person thinking this way, person thinking this way, presumes that he or she will live for a year. It's, it's, that is quite presumptuous. Although if you're young and healthy, right? Young, healthy, wealthy, you think you will. That you have 365 days ahead of you. Planning does require a set of time, a time to start, and projections of what to execute, a certain days and, and weeks maybe, what results you're thinking. That's part of planning, what to expect in a quarter or a second quarter or a third quarter. God here reveals to us that thinking and planning this way is presumptuous, prideful, and very arrogant because if you read the full context, it is not ran by through him. It wasn't ran through God's purpose for that per person's life. Now the Bible says in Proverbs 19:21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Maybe you've lived long enough and planned many things before in the past that you know did not actually pan out as you planned it. It could be your health. It could be your financial standing. It could be certain ministries that you're leading or are a part of. It could be as simple as your studies. But... Rest assured that God knows all things. And if you are a Christian, God is in control of your life. Amen? That's the best thing. That's the saving grace for all of us. 
That's the saving grace for all of us, that God is in control despite our mistakes. God is so gracious and merciful that He always rescues us. God is not up there and gasping when you make a mistake. He goes, I can't believe Joe said that. What now? What now? God did Jesus, or Joe did not do what? No, God doesn't act that way. There is no gasping in heaven. There is no surprises to God. God knows all things. And God says that if you belong to Him, He knows all these things will work out for your own good, if you love Him. Amen? Now, sin has consequences, but that's another topic. <laughs> that's another topic altogether. But God is still in full control of our lives. Now, again, in James 14 reminds us, in verse 14, chapter 4, verse 14, why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? Bless you. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know what a mist is? If you have stayed out for before in the past or last night, oh no, not last night, that's a bad example. Snow was outside last night. In the Philippines, when my friends and I will hang out until like midnight, the hamog, we call it hamog in the Philippines, this thing, this water vapor, it's like it will just build up in you know, the roof or our chair, and we will just say, look at this. And then we will just blow on it, and it will just disappear. Or when the sun rises, then you will see that, that fog. That's it. Some Christians are like vapors. They will come, and then they will disappear. <laughs> they come on Christmas, Easter, New Year, and their birthdays. <laughs> in this church, in the anniversary, because that's where the lechon comes. <laughs> Our life, we don't know when God will take us. It's not a matter of if you're going to die. It's a matter of when we're all going to die. I could be taken tomorrow. You could be taken tomorrow. It could be next month. It could be next year. But God always told us that we are to be ready for that. And that should include our planning, church. The way you plan for your life should also make you remember that you could not be alive to see the fulfillment of your plans. Luke 12, 16 to 21. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what, should I, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but it is not rich Toward God. 
this parable, Jesus shared this uh, to speak about greed. It's to speak about greed. But it also echoes the message of James, message of James in chapter 4. That life can suddenly come to an end. For no one knows. Only God knows. Church, when you tell me God knows, you know what else God knows? God knows when He'll take you. We don't. He does. Now this new year, we know how many months we have. We know how many days we have. Hours and minutes and seconds. That it has it being offered for us. But we are not certain for sure if we will be able to use it all up. We're not. Because the Bible tells us, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Young people, I, I see a few of you here. I know that this is the last thing in your mind. But you know what? There's no guarantee. God comes for, our numbers get called by God, doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, although some of you are probably already scared. But that's really not the point. The point is to make you aware that as you go through this new year again, make it about living for God and His purposes purposes and his will for you because that is truly the only way that your year will be not happy all the time but it will be joyful joyful see happiness i think i believe is the lie and the trap of the enemy why because we know that life is not always about happiness amen, amen. only kids think that only kids think that. And some of us, we're already old, but we're still thinking like kids. Life is just not about happiness. There's preparation. When you have prepared or thrown a party for Christmas and New Year and you're hosting it, that means that there's preparation in your part. And that's not happy. Why? Because you have to clean up. <laughs> You have to clean up. You have to prepare. You have to, you have to spend that time. Everybody else that's just coming, they just need to be looking pretty, smelling good, and then attending the party, right? But the person that's hosting, there's effort. There's time and effort. And this, at that time, they're not happy. They're, they're scattered. They're stressed. They're tired. But life is not about just happiness. That must happen so that happiness can occur for at least a couple of hours. In life, in life that God has given to us, what did he say? In this life, you will have trouble. But what did he say after that? But behold, I have overcome the world. God has overcome the world. God has overcome all the troubles that's going to come our way. Now, of course, when we're praying, we're saying, Lord, spare us from the plans of the enemy. Remove us from, from trouble, from hurt. Keep us healthy. Keep us safe. Of course, that's how we pray. That's how we should pray. But life in reality is we have to know that as much as God is in control, right? Our expectations must be God is in control. Now, we're going to have a New Year series so that I can end 
tonight in a timely manner. <laughs> or I'm going to make it into a series. So in the upcoming Sundays, we're going to be talking about what the world tells us on how the new year or life should be approached. And we're going to reconcile that with what the Bible tells us. Now, here's the application for this evening. In Proverbs 16.3, it reads, Commit to the Lord whatever you do. Whatever you do. And He will establish your plans. Some translation says, And He will make your plans successful. Committing to the Lord means this. Because we're, we're always, we, we hear commitment, right? We always hear commitment. But we are a society now, we are a culture now that lacks commitment. We do. There is no, when I was growing up, there's this thing, they, they call it, in, in, it was a big commercial for a big bank. I think it's Bank of the Philippines. And the commercial is always shown where it was raining hard, typhoon was there, and the dad was leaving. And the children were like, Dad, why are you leaving? The storm is out there. You might get hurt. And he goes, I already gave my word that I will pay our debt today, and I will have to do it. And the this caption was, Palabra de Honor. Word of honor. Word of honor. Just their word. You know, I, I love people like that, that I could just have a good agreement with just shake hands, even without any shake hands because they're afraid of COVID. You know, but, you know, but just people with the word of honor. When they say, Pastor, I'll be there, I just know they're going to be there. Now, I know some people when they say, I'll be there. And that just tells me I need to pray. <laughs> that my brother and my sister will be true to their word. We lack commitment. We lack commitment. The Bible tells us that your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen? Amen. Let that be one of your, your New Year resolutions. That you will be a person of honor. Oh, your word is your bond. Oh, that's so... That's so, like, challenging. My word is my bond, bro. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that anymore so much. But there are people, there are people, there are brothers. I have brothers there over here in this church that have that. And I admire that. And I strive to be that. We are to commit to the Lord whatever we do. What is it that you're doing? Is it here for the church? Praise God. You commit that to the Lord. Committing is giving your weight. You know what that is? Let's pretend that somebody says, you are to commit your weight to that door right now. You are to just lay it, give it. And when somebody opens that, you're going to fall. You're going to fall because you're committed you're committed. You gave your entire weight. You give the entire weight of whatever you are doing to the Lord. You want to have a better family? You commit that plan to the Lord. You cast it. You give that weight, that heaviness. And He, who says? He, God, will establish. Establish your plans. Make your plans successful. Side note, I should have made that a capital H. Some of you, I've been seeing your post, okay? 
I spend a lot of time on Facebook posts. This is going to sound legalistic by a Southern pastor. You have to make your praise God when you say, God, make that a capital G. Is that okay? We're going to make that a capital G. And if I see it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we have to make that capital, right? A capital G because God is the big G. He's the big G. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Those who know, know. Verse 15, instead you ought to say. Instead of what? Instead of trying to think that you got it all together. Instead of thinking that you have a very sound plan and this will work. Instead of that, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. If, the Lord's, if it is the Lord's will. Not Gapus, the Lord's will. We will live. We will live to do this or that. See, you give it to God. You give it to God. If this is God's will, this is what me and my family will do this year. If this is God's will, this is what the church will do in this city with this people, with the people that God has added. If it is God's will, my children and I, if this is God's will, my wife and I, if it is God's will, we have to run it like that. He draw it up for us. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All, all such boasting is evil. It's evil. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace will not come to an arrogant person. Because grace, you get it. Because you don't deserve it. That's what grace is. You are getting something you do not deserve. Mercy is, is getting something, is not getting something you deserve. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. So an arrogant person thinks he deserves everything. God should bless me. Rightfully so. Because I've been... Such a great, worthy, deserving Christian for the past seven years. <laughs> God will say, oh my goodness, poor Joe, you have, not, you have not learned your lesson yet. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now verse 17, it's not here. In verse 17 of our study tonight, James 4, 17 reads, if anyone, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. The sin of omission. You knowingly want to or decided to not obey God. Church, today is January 1, 2023. God has revealed to you that when you make plans, you have to run it to God first. Run it by Him first. And all your plans must be lined up with His will. Amen? Amen. That's your, and then if you choose not to do that, you are sinning. I'm not saying that. I'm reading it from the scripture. Now, why does this matter? Why does this truth matter for us? You know why it matters? Because God knows all things. You know all the omni of God? The three omnis of God? 
The omnipotence means that God is in control, total control of himself and his creation. The omniscience means that he is the ultimate criterion of truth and falsity. So that his ideas are always true. See, it's not from TikTok or Instagram or whatever you're listening to. The truth and false matter in the Bible. It's what it is in there. Where was I? <laughs> Omniscience means, okay, um, omnipresence means that since God's power and knowledge extend to all parts of his creation, he himself is present everywhere. Together they define God's lordship and they yield a rich understanding of creation, providence, and salvation. Omni, the prefix, prefix means all, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. That's the three divine attributes of our Lord God that we serve. Amen? Amen? If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, this is your God. He knows all things. He's everywhere. And He has the power. Wouldn't it just be a great idea to say, Lord, I have these plans. Is this aligned with yours? If it is not, Lord God, can you please change my mind about it? Can you please not even let me start this? I want this, Lord God, but if this is not what you want, please change my heart and use your power to convince me and make me yield to you. Shouldn't that be a great way to start your year as you make these plans? Actually, that should be a great way to live our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Back to verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. It's boasting. God wants us to rely on Him. God wants us to trust in Him. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will keep your path straight. Now, how can you trust Him if you don't read His Word? You can only trust Him to a certain degree. The few, the few things that you've learned. Now, it's okay. You cannot, we cannot learn everything about God, honestly. Because God is so vast. There's so many things about Him. He's so powerful. He's so loving. There are many things that you will probably never, never get the full grasp on it. Because if you can, that makes Him not God. But you know, the more promises of God that you will know, the more ways that you can trust Him, the more chances that you can trust Him. The less that you know about Him, the less that you can trust Him. Proverbs 69. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A, man, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And lastly, let me close with this. This is my plate number. No, actually, no, really, it's not. That's too big. Too many. It's JE2911. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. My, my dear loved ones, you are here because you want to praise God, right? Amen? Amen. 
You want to worship the God that has given you all things. Amen? And this, that God, that God is the same God. And He promises us. Whatever your New Year's resolution is, again, planning is good. But whatever that may be, God's plan supersedes all of that. And His plans for us is way better than our plans. Whatever that we can plan for ourselves, God's plan is so much better. Can you trust that? Some of you. Good. The more you know God, the more you can trust Him. The less of you, of you knowing Him, the less you, can, you will trust Him. Now, if you have already trusted your life to Christ for your eternal security, that you, your sins are paid, if you trust Him there, if you have trusted God with your life for your eternal life, say amen. amen. Can you trust Him with your problems that you have? I think so. Can you trust Him that He will supply to you all your needs this entire new year? If God has paid for your sins yesterday, your sins today, your sins tomorrow, and He guarantees you that you will have eternal life in heaven with Him, can you trust Him that He will change your spouse? <laughs> we have the ye of little faith. <laughs> yes, we can. You can trust God to change your spouse. But you first have to trust God to change you. The change starts with you. Now for my single guys here, or my single girls, single ladies here, you have to understand this. When you meet the right person, when you meet the right person, that only means you were ready for that right person. That's when I met Anna. Yeah. She didn't know I was the right person. Don't tell her. Don't tell her that I'm the wrong person. I convinced her that I was the right person for her. Because at that time, I knew I was ready. I knew I was ready. She might not have known. But that's my job, to make her know. No, God knows. The point is this. This is the point, not mine. The point is God knows. Can you rest in that? That God has plans for you that are good, that are full of peace, that's prosperous, that's all for your benefit. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. That is our message this evening. Thank you very much for your patience and your time. Let me just read to you one single thing before I close us in prayer. I am the new year. I am an unspoiled page in your book of time. I am your next chance at the art of living. I am your opportunity to practice what you have learned about life during the last 12 months. All that you have sought and didn't find is hidden in me, waiting for you to search it, but with more determination. All the good that you tried for and didn't achieve is mine to grant when you have fewer conflicting desires. All that you dreamed but didn't dare do, all that you hoped but did not will, all the faith that you claimed but did not have, these slumber lightly 
waiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. I am your opportunity to renew your allegiance to him who said, Behold, I have, make, I have made all things new. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for the new year once again. We thank you for all your blessings. We pray, and I pray for your people that has heard your message, Lord God. I pray that you will give them your Holy Spirit to be determined to obey you and to move with you and how you will lead them in their lives. I pray for blessings for them, Lord God. I pray for protection for them, Lord. I pray for health and success for them. Bless the hands. Bless their hands, Lord God. Bless their plans. And Father, I pray that you will provide to them all their needs. And I pray that they will live for you and for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. Let's all rise for the